Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, a new set of windows, new door, new lot of things for you. It can change the look, the feeling, the vibe of your home. Plus, and maybe most importantly, it can add value to your home and make your home more energy efficient. Turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online, Pella Omaha. Com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. It's officially available. It's been available for a couple of weeks now. And if you haven't taken advantage of it, you need to. The Reuben Runza Sandwich is available at all Runza locations. Everything you love about a Reuben wrapped up, uh, wrapped up inside the greatness of a Runza Sandwich. Oh, God, it's delicious. Get to Runza today and try the new Reuben Runza. And while you're there, tell them Nick Baugh sent you. All right, it is Tuesday. It is about 12 o'clock, and uh, let me check my bracket. Yeah, that's right. Creighton is in the Sweet 16. It finally happened, and uh, there's a lot to get into. I was able to catch up with Greg McDermott, uh, the head Blue Jay. Had a really good conversation with him, and I think you guys are going to enjoy that. I'm going to play that for you coming up in a little bit. But before I play that interview for you and that conversation for you, I wanted to kind of get my thoughts, give you my thoughts on what was a historical accomplishment for the Creighton basketball program in taking down Ohio and beating down that door and getting to the Sweet 16. And man, has Creighton been knocking on that door for way too long. Way too long. And it just, to finally beat down that door feels really, really good. And uh, let me preface it with it. Like, I, I really, 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 really pride myself on being objective and unbiased when I'm on TV or on the radio or even on my podcast. But if you guys don't mind, I'm going to let my guard down for a second and even do something as little as using the word we when talking about Creighton here in, in, in the next couple of minutes. Because I don't do that. I've really, I have rid myself of that. Because here's the, like when I'm on FS1 calling a, a, a Creighton game, there can't be any we, right? Like, but today I'm going to let my guard down a little bit. I'm going to be Nick Boff, former Creighton Blue Jay. And if you don't mind, I might even use the word we a few times. So last night was Creighton beating Ohio and going to the, getting to the Sweet 16. It was really emotional for me. And it's just, you know, it's hard to express how much this moment really means to me, to all my former teammates, to all the former players that I know and to Creighton basketball. And I just, you know, I just have a different frame of reference with this thing than maybe some other people do. And I, I, I do think, like, in order to appreciate where you are, you have to appreciate where you've been. In order, in order to appreciate where you are, you have to appreciate where you've been. And I was thinking about this driving driving home last night after the game. I did, called the game on 1620 at 1620 Studios with John Bishop. And I'm, I'm driving home, and I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm reflecting. I'm like, you know what, man? You can take the kid out of the Missouri Valley, but you can't take the Missouri Valley all the way out of the kid. You know what I mean? And I'm sure there's a lot of fans that understand where I'm going at with that. Like, knowing the journey, knowing the road, knowing the, the struggle makes this moment that much sweeter. And so when when I'm watching Greg McDermott and Marcus Zagorowski and all those guys jump up and down in the locker room and they're pouring water on each other and celebrating getting to the Sweet 16, like in digesting that moment, my mind goes in two different directions. It goes to these players and this team and this coaching staff 
But then it also goes to all the great players and coaches and people around the Creighton program that have, have come came before. I said last night on the radio in the postgame that I have this image of, of chopping down a tree. And it's, it's not just one chop that chops the tree down, right? It's a thousand little chops. And those little chops that led to the timber moment of the Sweet 16 started a long time ago. From Paul Silas to Benoit Benjamin to Bruce Rasmussen to Dana Altman to Chad Gallagher and Bob Harstead and Kyle Corver and Kevin McKenna and Nate Funk and Anthony Tolliver and Grant Gibbs and Doug McDermott. Been a lot of people chopping at this thing for a long time. So my mind, my mind goes there. And it's just so cool that it was this team and this head coach and Greg McDermott that had that all had their hands on the axe and chopped that tree down. Mitch Ballock, Marcus Zagorowski, Damian Jefferson, Christian Bishop, Denzel Mahoney, legends forever. It's just hard to express this feeling, man. It just, you know, because for, for so long, it's just, it's felt like we all knew how good this program was, but the world didn't know. And the world didn't know or didn't want to know because this was missing, the Sweet 16. This accomplishment, this was always kind of thrown back in your face. We're good. We're Creighton. Well, you, you haven't been to the Sweet 16. Well, but what about this? We well, haven't been to the Sweet 16. That was always the card that was played right back at you. You haven't been to the Sweet 16. That's been hanging over this program for a long time. And I just, I think about this road and this journey. And I think about all the great players and great teams that have felt such great heartache in the NCAA tournament that couldn't get over the hump to get to that Sweet 16. I've been in way too many of those sad locker rooms, man. And at least for this moment, the world knows how good Creighton is. At least for this moment. That card can't be played back at you now. Right? And so to finally accomplish this sweet 16 goal that has been, been set out by the program, hung over the program for a long time, just feels like a long line of, of, of checkpoints of accomplishments in this road, in this journey that is Creighton basketball. And everybody kind of views the program or, or assesses the program in, in different ways. But I've always felt like, this is just me. I've always felt like there's always been this attitude with Creighton of trying to prove that we belong. Because there's a lot of people that wanted to tell us that we don't belong. Like there's this, there's this feeling that they don't, they don't want us in, as we beat down that door, they don't want us in that door. They don't want us to belong. Just dismiss it. You're a little old Creighton, man. Come on. Okay. Okay. Come on, man. You're in the Missouri Valley Conference, man. You're in the Valley, man. Okay. Well, 
we'll run the Valley then. Well, now you're in the Big East, man. Now, what are you going to do in the Big East? Okay. Why don't you go in the, go in the arena, check that banner, tell me what it says. It says Big East champs. Prove, it's just always this, this feeling of having to prove that, prove you belong. And I just, I think about, I think about this, this journey from the old gym where people know that the old gym was where we practiced on campus. It was our practice gym. And I'm going to be, if you have never been there, that place is a dump. This is a dump. And that's where we practiced all the way up until about five, six years ago when they opened the new practice facility that is just gorgeous. But, man, this old, the old gym, man, oh, my God. There's this, you had to take a spiral staircase like a, a very condensed, tiny spiral staircase to walk up to get to the, to the gym. They had low ceilings where, like, you couldn't shoot full-court shots with good arch or they would hit the ceiling. That's how low these ceilings were. Like, if you were going to shoot a three-quarter court shot, you had to, like, baseball pass it, which basically you had to, like, bank it in if it was going to go in. Like, but just to give you a feeling of how low these ceilings were. And don't even, the floor was hard as asphalt. It was the hardest floor you've ever seen in your life. But it's important to remember that. To then think about last night and Creighton getting the Sweet 16. It's important to remember the Civic Auditorium. And Larry House dunking it and doing the little house sign that he would do. You know? Rick Apke hitting a big shot to beat Larry Bird back in the day. And that's where it all kind of got started for Dana Altman with Buford and Ben Walker and Ryan Sears and those dudes. It's important to remember that. It's important to remember the Civic Auditorium and then the move into the big arena downtown, which is now called the CHI Health Center, to packing that thing out every single night. It's important to remember that. And I think about that with this journey. From the Valley to the Big East, to those Missouri Valley Conference tournaments in early March in St. Louis, and those hotel send-offs. I've seen full hotel lobbies. I'm talking fire code violations full of Creighton fans to send us off to the Scott Trade Center where we knew we had to win to just make the NCAA tournament. It's important to remember that as you now watch this program play in the Big East Tournament at Madison Square Garden. It's important to remember that. Because it makes beating down that door to the Sweet 16 that much sweeter. So I remember it all. And I think about it all. And for someone who put on the uniform, blood, sweat, and tears for this program, and now going on almost two full decades of being around this program, either as a player or a coach or now a member of the media, in order to appreciate where you're at, you've got to remember where you've been. And I know where I've been. And I know where Creighton's been. I remember what it was like to be given five bucks in Cedar Falls, Iowa, 
and having to walk in the middle of January to eat an Arby's roast beef sandwich for a pregame meal that didn't go play a game where if we lost, you could kiss our at-large bid chances goodbye. I remember what that world was like. I remember walking up that spiral staircase at the old gym for a two-a-day practice in October inside the old gym and thinking, man, Kyle Korver, Ben Walker, Ryan Sears, their sweat is on these walls, man. I remember that. I remember all the tough losses in the NCAA tournament. Losing to Maryland in 99 in the second round. Losing to Iowa in 2001. Losing to Auburn in 2000. Losing to Central Michigan in 2003, Kyle Korver's senior year. Losing to Nevada in 2007, my junior year in overtime. Losing to North Carolina in 2012. Baylor in 2014. Rhode Island in 2017. Kansas State in 2018. I remember all that. And all that feeds into this moment for me. I know how far Creighton has come. And I know how much it's meant to people. I know the struggle. But the struggle, that's what makes this so sweet. It hasn't come easy. And certainly for this for this team, it's been a struggle and it hasn't come easy. What a group, man. What a team. And this this moment, getting to the Sweet 16, it feels like it's it's been two years in the making for them. Really, even for me, like, I remember two and a half years ago, really. Like, I remember walking out of the, walking out of the gym at TCU, doing the game on the radio, where Creighton lost in the NIT, quarterfinals in the NIT, and thinking, man, this next year is a big year for Creighton basketball. And nobody thought much of the group a, a, a year ago. I think they were picked to finish seventh in the Big East in the preseason poll. But they were able to rise up and prove they belong and win a Big East regular season crown. And I think back to that incredible scene a year ago in March at home beating Seton Hall for the regular season Big East crown. Then I think about the fact, you know, they were poised to be a two seed in the NCAA tournament. And boom, COVID hits, NCAA tournament canceled. All that work, all that grind, all that sacrifice is for that moment to go in the NCAA tournament and try to beat down this door that we're talking about right now, chop down that tree that we're talking about right now, and boom, it's taken away from you. Think about that for this group. Think about setting your sights on a goal, working your ass off every day for it, and you get to get to where you can taste it, see it, smell it, touch it. Gone. Taken away from you. Hey, got to go do it all again. Oh, and by the way, as you're working for it, a pandemic is going to completely set in and disjoint your entire offseason. They had to endure all of that. And then to deal with a, a COVID season where you're getting tested every single day. You have to isolate in your rooms. You're going to play in front of no fans. 
Do you realize how hard that is? Like one one social mistake could derail your whole season. Do you even for reason? Do you realize that this team hasn't slept in their own beds since February twenty fifth? It's it's I'm looking at it's March twenty third as we're taping this. They haven't slept in their own beds since February twenty fifth. When they, they took off to Xavier, they went straight to Nova, and then when they came back to Omaha for a little bit before they went to the Big East Tournament, they've been in hotels because they wanted to sacrifice and isolate so they didn't have any unfortunate incident pop up with COVID that made it so they couldn't get to this moment. They've had to bubble themselves, for lack of a better term, for a month now. This team's collective journey in the sh- in the long term and the short term has been tough. And it just it feels so good to see it rewarded in this way. And you know, not to say that any of the other teams that couldn't get over the hump or didn't get over the hump and get to the Sweet 16 weren't deserving, but this team the one thing I can tell you is this team deserves it. This team deserves it. I couldn't think of a better group to represent 25, 30, 35 years worth of the journey of Creighton basketball than this team. For them to be the ones to lead the program into a place we've all wanted and hoped it would be for a long, 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 long time. Marcus Zegarowski, Christian Bishop, Mitch Ballock, Damian Jefferson, Denzel Mahoney, Sharif Mitchell, all those guys. I have always had pride in where I played and where I went to school, but I don't think I've ever been more proud than I am right now. Take a bow. 2020, 2021 Blue Jays. And thank you for beating down the door that so many of us couldn't beat down. And through that door feels like endless opportunities now for a program that we all know is a pretty special place. And... I get it. For, for some people listening to this, they may think, geez, you guys just made it to the Sweet 16. You didn't win a national title. I get it. I do. But everything's relative, man. And in order to, to appreciate where you are, you better understand where you've been. Again, man, I remember what it was like to get five effing dollars to go eat a Wendy's sandwich or an Arby's sandwich to go play Evansville, knowing that it's a wrap if we lose this thing. I remember what it was like to play in the old gym and practice in there. I remember all that stuff. So it's all relative. And the other thing is, you know, listen, in order to run, you got to first crawl and then walk. So there are checkpoints of accomplishments along the way to running that are huge. And this is one of them. And what's, what's interesting is I, I, I thought this was a preseason top 10 team. So obviously I expected them to be here in the Sweet 16. But that also doesn't alter or diminish the significance of them being here. 
This is important. So Jays fans, soak it up. Soak it up. All right, let's get to, uh, I was able to catch up with Greg McDermott. He's in his hotel room uh, on Tuesday morning after they uh, they they beat down that door to get to the Sweet 16. Shot him a text, said, hey, man, can you, can you chat quick? He said, sure. So this guy is, is kind enough as he's preparing now to take on Gonzaga to take a few minutes to uh, chat with us. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast to talk about a brand new sponsor to the podcast, White Castle Roofing. Some good friends of mine, Jake and Carissa and the whole gang at White Castle. Just feels great to have them on board. And listen, it's been a rough winter and a rough few weeks with rain. You don't want to mess around with your roof. White Castle is the place to call. White Castle can handle everything from replacements to repairs. And here's the thing. White Castle Roofing can send out an expert and give you an honest assessment of what's going on, even that, even if that means nothing needs to be done. They are experts, and they shoot you straight. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm doing with uh, some damage and, and a leak in my house. So I got my guy Ben from White Castle coming out to take a look at it. And I feel great about it because when it comes to your roof, you don't want to mess around. You need people you can trust. And I've worked with White Castle before with my old house in Omaha they did a great job. I trust White Castle because let's be honest, I'm way out of my element with this stuff. I need people that communicate every step of the way from start to finish. That's White Castle. Check them out online, whitecastleroofing.com. White Castle Roofing, built with trust, proven by time. And while we're here, let's talk about Pella windows and doors. And, you know, putting in a new door, new window, it's really exciting, but sometimes you don't even know where to begin. Let me help you out. First of all, you got to go with Pella. And when you go with Pella, the couple directions you can go from there. First of all, you can schedule a free in-home consultation where you're going to get a Pella expert out to come out and take a look at your home, and they're going to be able to get a Greg McDermott-esque game plan for you that fits your budgets, your home, your wants, and your needs. That's one option. Or the second option, head out to their showroom. The showroom's really cool. They got one open in Omaha and Lincoln. Sometimes it actually helps to see the window, see the door, open it, close it to get a better feel for exactly what you are installing into your house. So the showroom's a great place to go as well. Any direction you can go, just know that Pella can 100% provide window and door solutions to any home. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by my pals at Runza. You know, when... When Creighton took down Ohio and 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 punched their their way through to the Sweet 16, I'm I'm driving home from Omaha. I, I hadn't had dinner and I'm in a celebratory mood. So you know where I was headed. I, I was heading straight to Runza. I was like, this is a big moment for me. I need that good Runza food. Man, that's that's what I need. So I, you know, I got myself a cheese Runza, large order of French fries. I also love my wife and I love to split the Southwest chicken salad. Oh, it's just that with the zesty ranch. Oh my God, that zesty ranch is just fantastic. I got home. I smashed that cheese Runza, smashed that large order of French fries, the best fries on the planet, had some of that Southwest chicken salad, and I felt fantastic about it. That's just it. That's Runza for me. In these big moments. I want to I want to go to Runza to celebrate. That's the reality of the situation, all right? That's what you need to do. Runza makes it all better. All right, back to the pot. So, uh here it is. Here's my uh here's my my conversation with the head coach of the Creighton Blue Jays. Greg McDermott, enjoy it. Well, on the line now, Greg McDermott, head coach of the Sweet 16 Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, Mac, how are you, man? How you f- how, the sun come up, so we're recording this on 
uh, on a gosh, what today's Tuesday. On a, so you, you guys beat Ohio last night. How you feel at, when when you're when you woke up? How are you feeling? Well, I didn't sleep much, but I like <laughs> I like how that sounded. Uh, that was uh, obviously a fun day yesterday, and really proud of our guys and our program, and really. You know, have, have had a lot of messages from, uh, you know, my former players at Creighton, but also a lot of a lot of guys that played before I got here that really uh, enjoyed that moment yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's it, it's a culmination of, of the work of a lot of people. And I think it starts with Bruce Rasmussen and, and his staff, but the support of the university and, you know, Father Schlegel when I got here and Father Lannon and now Father Hendrickson, there's been a lot of people that uh, – you know, have, have provided the resources for us to be able to continue to move this program forward. And it's, uh, yesterday was a culmination of all that hard work and yeah. it was a lot of fun and to do it with this group was really special. Yeah. You know, my mind went to two places. I mean, for there, there's this group and, and I want to talk about them in a second, you know, because obviously they're the ones that, that beat the door down. So we gotta, we gotta talk about them, but then like you talked about, I couldn't help but think, and you've, you and I have been in, you know, banquets and, you know, groups with the former players. Like, you know, you think all the way back to, you know, Chad Gallagher, Ben, you, you, you think about uh, you, Ryan Sears, Ben Walker. You think about all these guys that have beat down, beat on that door, but haven't been able to to beat it all the way through. I guess when, when, when you kind of think about the – you know, all, all the former players, all the great teams that haven't been able to get it done. I guess, what kind of emotions do you get when you think about those guys? Well, just a lot of pride because, you know, you know how hard they worked. And, you know, I, I've, I've heard all the stories, you know, and, and that's the benefit we have of Bruce Rasmussen being uh, at Creighton as long as he's been here. Uh, you know, he, he has a way of connecting uh, the past to the present. Uh, because he was there and he lived it. Uh, but, uh, you know, those, there, there was, there've been some great Creighton teams in the past and, and, uh, you know, to hear from them last night and this morning and how proud they were yesterday, uh, because they know how hard it is to do. You can have a great team and a great year and you get in the tournament and, and you, and you have to perform and you, uh, you have to be prepared. And, and this group, uh, this group did a tremendous job and, you know, I, I shared some of the messages from former players uh, last night with our team uh, because I think I think it's important for them to understand that this this isn't just about this group yeah. and this generation. This is about a lot of people that came for them that that laid the foundation to have the program that we're able to enjoy today. No doubt about it. And you know, you're not you're not trying to kind of steal their thunder, but it felt like when I was texting all the guys, I text you know, I text Kyle, I text. Mike Lindemann, I text uh, Funk, Tolliver, Dotzler. I used the word we. You know, I said, I mean, we did it. I said, we did it. And that's kind of what it felt like. You know, my, my kind of metaphor last night on the radio was it felt like for years, you know, starting back with, you know, Coach Altman and every, everybody kind of had this axe chopping at this tree, you know, and, and everybody's taking their chop and they haven't been able to chop it all the way down. But the reality is it takes everyone to keep on, to keep on chopping and you know it just it's it's interesting in order to kind of appreciate where you are you got to understand where you've been and the thing i've been thinking about is you know you can kind of take the kid out of the missouri valley but you can't take the missouri valley out of the kid i know right. what it's like you know what i mean like i i know what that's like and obviously you do too being at northern iowa and all that like it's just where this program has come to is just incredible yeah and you know we've come a long ways in the 11 years that i've been here yes you know the, the, the first four years of that where we were still in the old gym and, 
you know, and, you know, a move to the Big East was probably the farthest thing from anybody's mind at that point. But, you know, because because we've only had two head coaches in 27 years, it's really allowed us to kind of keep the two groups together. Yeah. You know, obviously, Taltman recruited some wonderful people and had some terrific teams and, and you know, elevated the program and really did a lot of the dirty work uh, because of where the program was when he inherited it. And it was in it. It was in a really good spot when I came here and we just had to you know, continue to build on it and try to take it to the next level. And then obviously with the, uh, with the new facilities, uh, you know, that, that certainly catapulted us as well. But, you know, like I said, just there's, it's been coach Altman and myself over 27 years, and we've been able to keep those two groups of players kind of connected and together because of that. Um, and that's a pretty cool thing. And I, I think it's, uh, it's cool for the guys that played before this group, but it's also really special, for this current group to see how much people actually care and, um, you know, and how proud people were last night, um, you know, like that felt like they were really a big part of it because obviously they are. Was your prevailing, was the prevailing emotion outside of when you were getting doused with water in the, in the locker room, jumping over the guys, was the prevailing emotion relief? Was it jubilation? Was it like, what, what was it? Cause you know, we've, we've obviously been close numerous times and, and haven't been able to do it. And so, you, you, you kind of dream about this moment of beating that door down, and that's kind of been the let's be, that's been kind of the, the the thing that's been hanging over the program. Well, you know, accomplished a lot. You won the Big East regular season title. Well, you haven't been to the Sweet Sixteen. You've heard all that stuff. Like, so was the was the prevailing emotion relief? What was it? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was more jubilation and okay. excitement. Right. And and uh, you know, this this group had some some pretty lofty goals. One of them was to win the 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 conference title and the Big East tournament title. And obviously we came up a little short in both of those finished second. And one was to knock this door down and get to the second weekend uh, in the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, I shared uh, the, the, the coaches versus cancer shoes that I wore last night. Uh, Teresa actually helped design those over a month ago, unbeknownst to me. And there was a, a, a prayer from St. Teresa that she started praying when she was diagnosed with cancer. And one of the sentences in that prayer was, may you trust God that you are exactly where you are meant to be. And I I wrote that on the board before the game last night uh, and shared that with the guys uh, because I felt it it was really appropriate that everything that this group's been through the last two years, the fantastic year that they had last year uh, and cut short and not, not being able to play in the NCAA tournament as a two or three seed. And then to have to go through all the sacrifices that they've had to go uh, through this year. um, This is where they were supposed to be. This is where they were meant to be there. They, they deserve to be in that situation and have that opportunity yesterday. And it's what you've worked for. It's what you've dreamed of. Now let's just finish the job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, while we didn't get off to a great start, I, I thought we stayed with ourselves. And, uh, you know, especially on the defensive end, I thought we were fantastic yesterday. Every team, and you know this, Mac, every team kind of has their own individual collective spirit and collective personality. How would you describe this group? You know, from from Marcus to Mitch to to CB to DJ to Denzel. Like, what? How would you describe the, their collective spirit? You know, there's just uh, you know, there's a, there's some toughness there, uh, Nick, and and you know, you have to have uh, you know, and we we talked before the tournament about the need to defend. If if shots aren't going in, we have to find other ways to win. And I think the UConn game was really good for us in that regard in the Big East tournament uh, to prove that 
you know, we we're still more than capable of winning a rock fight if we have to. Uh, but you know, the leadership has come in so many different ways. It, you know, Mitch's unselfishness and, and Marcus's competitive competitiveness, DJ's energy, uh, you know, Denzel's ability to kind of, you know, I, I've always scored the ball and I like to score the ball, but this team really needs me to be a go to defender right now. And he's done it. And then Sharif coming off the bench and doing what he's doing. And then, you know, Christian, I mean, what can you say Two double doubles in his first two, you know, the first two NCAA tournament games. So, you know, right on down the line, this group is, uh, they've stuck together. Uh, they pulled for one another. I think they really enjoy each other's success. And, uh, you know, that's, that's how you get to a place like we get the, where we're at today. And hopefully we can continue, uh, continue down this path. We're excited about what's ahead this weekend. It's kind of a weird question. I don't know if you have a good answer for this. Who, who I always think it's, it's big when there's one guy that's an extension of you in the locker room. Do you think there's any one guy that, that you feel like completely sees things the way you do it? It's not to say that other guys don't, but I think you understand what I'm saying, where it's like it's that, that guy complete, like I am on the 100% same page, and he sees it just like me. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think everybody in their own way, but, okay. you know, Mitch and Marcus are probably the closest. Yeah. But, you know, DJ's really grown to understand like there's so many ways to impact winning. And, you know, those are conversations that, that, uh, you know, we've had a, a long, a long time, you know, back to when he transferred here, uh, you know, like, cause early, I think he was really consumed with, I have to score the ball. And, you know, we've been able to convince him and get him to understand, like you, you are so much more than that. And you can have so much more of an impact on this team. And, and now he's doing that. And, you know, is the energy and the enthusiasm that he brings, but you know, every, everybody does their part. And uh, you know, that's what, that's what it takes to have a successful group. When, when did you know, and maybe we've talked about this, I'm not sure, but when did you kind of know that, Hey, this group might be, might, this group's not good. They got a chance to be great. Was it the win at Villanova Last year was it was it before that that because let's be honest heading into last season I don't think anybody necessarily was thinking hey this team's gonna win the Big East last year be a potential two seed and then 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 you know over the next two years they're gonna go to the Sweet Sixteen I don't know if people put that kind of expectation on this group when, but when when did it kind of click for you like hey man this this team's got something well you know I think I can't remember what we were picked two years ago seventh or eighth in the league uh but as we thought about the team we liked the pieces uh you know we you know christian kind of played at the end of the year before because of martin's injury and you could see some development there uh coming from his end and you know at that time we still you know we were hoping jake would be back and and relatively healthy and but you know we we were excited about mark and marcus and tyshawn and and dj and mitch and and uh, denzel and uh, all the pieces that we had around them with the guys that are coming off the bench now. Um, and then it really changed Nick, because this team's very different than last year's team. Yeah. Uh, true. Taking Tyshawn out of the lineup and everything that he brought defensively and his ability to handle the ball and make decisions and, and rebound the basketball for a guard. And then moving Denzel really from a power forward positions, which he had played most of his college career to the two guard, and and then trying to figure out how to make that work within our offense um that that was an ongoing process in in the early going in practice and and uh i think this year probably with this team was probably at kansas uh you know the way we competed the way we didn't quit um against a really good kansas team at that time um 
you know, I, I was like, you know what, these guys aren't going to back down from anybody. You know, they're, they're not afraid and you know, they'll, they continue to play regardless of the situation. And that's probably for me when I thought we had a real chance, you know, I don't know if necessarily when the sun came up today, if, you know, you're still you, Marcus is still Marcus, Mitch is still Mitch, but for, for whatever reason, the lens at which you're viewed changes. And, and I get that, but it's also kind of a weird, that's kind of the weird uh, dichotomy and, and reality of sports that that's kind of how it goes from a program standpoint, what, or maybe how does beating that door down, getting to the sweet 16, how does that maybe change or improve or alter the profile of Creighton basketball? Well, you know, we, we've talked all year that, you know, anything's possible and we just have to be us and the best version of us. And, um, you know, we've been able to get in, into some doors from a recruiting standpoint uh, over the course of the last seven or eight years since we moved into the Big East, you know, because of our fan base, because of our style of play, obviously playing in a great league. Um, and, and now, you know, to prove you can go ahead and win in the postseason, I think that just adds another check to the yeah. to the box that you're that you're looking for as you're trying to develop or to, or recruit and then develop young people in your program. So you know it cer- certainly helps, but uh, uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna lose some pretty important pieces this year that we're gonna have to replace next year, and and uh, you know that that process is ongoing. Last thing, we'll get you out of here, Mac, because uh, I'm sure you got some Gonzaga film dialed up. And you're ready to kind of dive into that. I mean, obviously everybody knows what kind of a of a of a beast you got waiting for you now in the Sweet 16, and it's you know what 28 and 0 Gonzaga. Um, how what couple quick thoughts on the matchup, and then how do you kind of approach <clears throat> messaging to the team with dealing with a with the you know an, an undefeated team that people have uh, that we all know how how great Gonzaga is. Yeah, you know we haven't been an underdog much this year. No. You know probably the two Villanova games people didn't think we could win and probably at Kansas. But other than that, I think people have expected us to win every game and, and uh, you know, to go into this game as, uh, you know, as a huge underdog is going to be different for our guys. And, and obviously we're, we're going to, we're going to play to win. And, uh, but, you know, we, we have the benefit, you know, some of these, a lot of these guys have played against Gonzaga. So we played them a couple of years ago um, and, and the, and also the year before that. So, you know, we led them at halftime, both games at Gonzaga and at our place by seven or eight points. And then I think, I think we gave up, I think we gave up 54 at their place the second half and 62 on our court. The second. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we have to figure out a way to put 40 minutes together. You can't stop everything. So as we dig into it, we have to figure out, you know, where are we willing to take chances and then also, you know, determine like, you know, where do we want the pace of this game? And, uh, you know, that's, that's something that we'll dig into as we watch uh, more of Gonzaga and, and try to get a feel for, you know, there, there aren't a lot of weaknesses no. there. You pull their team page on Ken Palm and you think What's wrong with your computer. Cause everything's green. And that means it's good. So, uh, you know, we, we have to uh, figure out a way to slow down that offensive attack. They played five or six ranked teams this year. And I think they're averaging 95 points a game in those five or six games. So, you know, our defense is going to have to be there uh, on Sunday and then, uh, you know, we'll let that thing fly and see what happens. Greg McDermott, coach Mack, awesome stuff as always. And, uh, congratulations couldn't think of a more deserving guy than than you to lead this program you know to the to this place that that Creighton's never been enjoy it keep it rolling and uh we'll we'll catch up soon I appreciate it Nick thank you Ahura Media Productions